Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low-cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Alejandra, content marketing specialist at 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here with us at 3W. I am here accompanied by Chris, who is one of our medical providers here at 3W. And I'm so excited to share this topic with you on sleep. Sleep is such an important thing, as we well know, and I'm sure everybody's a fan of it because (laughs) at the end of the day, (laughs) you just want to hit the pillow sometimes, right? Well, I'm going to have Chris share the title because she actually came up with it. And I think it's quite cute. (laughs) Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're doing well. The title of our talk today is actually Sleep Loss in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Thinking Mm -hmm. back to that well-known movie, Sleepless in Seattle, which um, (laughs) was a very popular movie several years ago, but most people are aware of it. And And also most people can relate to at some point having sleep loss or yes. losing sleep at night or yes. or sometime in their life. So we thought it would be fun knowing that movie, Sleepless in <laughs> Seattle, was filmed in Seattle and that concern about sleep is pretty prevalent everywhere, so probably in Seattle as well. Yes, yes. And as we were chatting about this podcast or prepping for this podcast, I was thinking about how the lack of sleep has probably escalated in the past year and a half, just as we've been going through COVID-19, discovering that there's so many different worries, you know, the unknowns that we had at the beginning, and now that we're past a year through this this virus and just kind of figuring out the new ways of taking charge of our lives, how much, you know, how much sleep are people really getting mm-hmm. or not? Really, know? really good point, Alejandra, because we know that one of the reasons that people lose sleep, not surprisingly, is because there's stress or some mm-hmm. kind of crisis. So the events right. of our world recently would definitely be a reason to lose sleep or an understandable reason, I would say, right. for people to be awake at night. I have a lot of questions for you because I think a lot of us, you know, we, we've we heard, yes, sleep is so important for us, but we don't really know what the damage can be if we don't take charge of that. And I will definitely admit mm-hmm. <laughs> to not being the best person at sleeping the right amount of time or, yeah. you know, giving myself those those hours in the night to mm-hmm. just really rest my brain, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about the general importance of yeah, sleep. Yeah, sleep seems pretty basic, right? And we, and we tend to think that we can scrimp on sleep at time, especially because there may be a, a really good reason or a fun reason to, you know, lose sleep. But what we do know is that sleep is essential, really important for our overall well-being. So we really want to communicate that today and encourage you to get a good night's sleep. Yes. Some people have no problem with that. 
But we do know that sleeplessness or insomnia is very common. And then that sleeplessness or insomnia impacts the daily functioning in many ways. Mm. And so what would you say is the right amount of sleep? Oh, well, that is a really good question. (laughs) And I can't answer it for you because it's so individual. So that's probably your first task is to try to get a sense for how much sleep you need. Usually somewhere between six and nine hours is what people need, but that's a big range, right? It is a big range. So you're going to have to experiment a little bit and find out. And I think people who have sleep needs that are a bit longer, Mm -hmm. nine to 10 hours, that's really challenging, but it may be what that person needs. Wow. So then it's really organizing yourself to Mm -hmm. make sure that you, you know, it could be most people that need that much time is like they get off work and they eat and they go to bed. <laughs> Depending on how long your commute is and how long your work day is. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And most people probably have a time of day that they need to get up, right? In order right. to get their hygiene needs met, eat a breakfast and get in the car or go to their couch and start working, right? right, right. So people can pick a time in the morning where they need to get up. Sure. And that's probably the one that you have the control over the most. And then count back to pick your bedtime, if you will. Okay. You know, so if you need to get up at six and you need seven hours of sleep, then you got to try to be in bed, in bed or time. asleep, hopefully by 11. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I know a lot of people that have those smartphones can have their reminders <laughs> saying, hey, it's bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> I good know some point. phones really that do good, that. Good point. Really good point. Yeah. yeah. So, and your phone is probably a really good vehicle for reminding you to get ready for bed. Right. But one of the important ways to get good sleep is to put that phone away Uh 30 (laughs) to 60 minutes before you go to bed. Oh, and why is that? Yeah, well, we know that the checking of screens or looking at any screen, not just your phone, but any screen, whether Mm -hmm. that be the TV or your tablet, interferes with your ability to relax and go to sleep. Really? So that explains kind of like the buzz that you get when you've been on a device because you kind of feel like, oh, okay, I'm going to shut my eyes, but you're still kind of mm, on. It's stimulating yeah. to you at yeah. some level. And so it's not conducive to relaxation, those mm. screens. About half hour to an Half hour? hour would be a minimum. If you okay. can have the ability to put away your screens for 60 minutes, that would even be better. Wow. And along with that, then kind of developing your own individualized get ready for bed routine. I know that sounds... Like maybe you're five or six years old, right? When your parents would give you a bath and read you a story and get your pajamas on. Similar thing as an adult, although again, that's going to be individualized, like your number of hours. So is your sleep routine. Yes. Yeah, that discipline that goes into it. So would you say that the devices can contribute to the insomnia? It's possible. possible. I don't know that we, ha- yeah, probably there is evidence of that. I can't mm-hmm. cite that for you right sure, on the fly, sure. but we know that it does. Um, that's a strong recommendation from mm-hmm. the Sleep Foundation to mm-hmm. put those devices aside. Okay. Okay. So you're saying insomnia can either be a short term. Mm-hmm. Short-term or long-term, right? Depending Mm -hmm. on the person individually. Yeah, short-term is going to be something that you're experiencing in the short-term, like Mm -hmm. a few days, a few weeks. And most people will have that experience at some time in their life, even if they're just experiencing sleep loss from jet lag. Right. You know, they've taken a a trip and they get to another time zone and they can't get to sleep. Good call. 
But other people will have a short-term sleep loss due to a crisis, loss of a loved one, change in a relationship status, something like that where, you know, they'll be having insomnia for a while. Chronic sleep loss is another thing that's going to be beyond a month. And usually there's some kind of contributing factor like an illness. Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. that's more where each person needs to go to their doctor and kind of Mm -hmm. start to research that a bit. Mm -hmm. And so let's say someone is sleeping, right? And Mm -hmm. they get up, they go to use the restroom, they come back and they fall right asleep. Mm -hmm. That's can be super easy for someone, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But what about those people that have that hard time to get back to sleep after just a quick five minutes up and back in? Mm -hmm. Is that insomnia or is that your body trying to adjust Mm -hmm. itself? I guess everybody's individual, but what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on that? Well, there is insomnia that occurs when you're just trying to get to sleep initially. Okay. And then there's insomnia like you're describing where you get up for whatever reason to use the bathroom, you come back and then you can't get back to sleep. So both mm-hmm. of those are insomnia. They're just occurring at different times at night. Oh, interesting. But the And so the recommendations for um, treating those would be a little bit different. Wow, because I know this... I mean, this topic is so broad, you know, and it just depends on everybody's individual Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I know a couple of friends that they can get four or five hours of sleep and they're good. Wow, that is unusual. You know, usually it's at least six hours that people need. So those people are on one end of the spectrum. Right. And I think, too, about all those people that work at the night shift, for instance. Yes. And shift work is another uh, contributing factor to insomnia, for sure. So I think of the doctors, the nurses Mm -hmm. uh, that are on those night shifts, or Mm -hmm. even just in different job settings, like construction workers. Um, I know down I-5, there's a lot of construction happening Mm -hmm. right now with the new train you know, right. being constructed. Right. And I'm thinking, sometimes I, I'm driving at mm-hmm. night and I see mm-hmm. them working and I think, wow, <laughs> they must be exhausted because yes. they're on opposite schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And, and so the recommendations for people in all of those situations would be somewhat similar in okay. terms of trying to get to sleep. And some of, the, some of the recommendations are kind of fun in addition, you know, maybe not setting your devices aside. That may not be such a fun one. Sure. But there are other ones that are more fun like getting really good pillow, a really good mattress, getting really high quality linens, making your bedroom like this wonderful place that you can't wait to get to at night. So you make your pillows, your mattress, your linens, all are really inviting to you. So it's like a place that you want to be and it's relaxing. Some people will use essential oils. Lavender is really good. Oh, yes. It's known to enhance relaxation. So even the scent that you have. Other people have additional challenges. So they, you know, depending if they're trying to sleep during the day, you know, you can get the, you know, Hollywood style (laughs) eye masks, you know, to block out (laughs) the light. light. You can get your dark curtains. Some people use those white noise things if there is construction, you know, noise in the background. So there are a lot of little things that, again, are going to be very individualized for your situation and what is relaxing for you. But one takeaway would be just make your, your sleep space really inviting to you as a person. I love that. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about that before because you usually, you know, you're like, oh, well, that's the place I sleep. You yeah. make your bed. And yeah. But making it extra exciting mm-hmm. is, is super nice. So. Very inviting. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Any other recommendations as far as good practices for people that struggle? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure yeah. a lot of our listeners may struggle. And mm-hmm. of course, it's individual, like we've yeah. mentioned, exactly. to each person. And whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, acute or more long term, yeah. the types of sleep challenges. Yeah. Um, 
you you might not think about it so much that what you do during, during the day is going to affect your sleep, but there are some things that you want to be aware of during the day, like mm-hmm. getting some kind of physical activity. Oh, every day. Okay. I mean, you know, us providers, we harp on this all the time for a lot of reasons, but it's going to help your sleep if you're a little bit physically spent. Sure. During the day, you want to do that at least six hours before bed. You don't want to be on the treadmill right before you go to sleep. Because your adrenaline is Because that. Yep, exactly. So that's not the right timing, but sometime earlier in the day. So if somebody works a full day Mm -hmm. and they come home and Mm -hmm. let's say they take a walk. Yeah, it's probably okay. As long as it's, I think the recommendation is prior to two hours before bed. Okay. So you could take a walk right after work, maybe before dinner. Okay. Okay. You don't want to eat too late though. Mm. Or if you're going to eat late, have a lighter meal. Okay. You don't want to go to bed on a full stomach. Right. Of course, you want to avoid caffeine after some point. That's going to be individual too. Yes. But you don't want to be having caffeine after a certain time, and you'll know what that time is for you. Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) and you'll be awake all night. (laughs) There are a lot of good reasons to not smoke. Enhancing your sleep is another one. Really? Yes. Nicotine is a stimulant. So that is also going to contribute to you being more awake, maybe when you don't want to be. Hearing you talk about caffeine makes me think of those that don't get much sleep and then they try to recharge with drinking Mm -hmm. coffee. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Is that a, (laughs) it's probably not a port or a good decision. Yeah, I think that, again, that's individual. And you may be able to know um, for yourself how much caffeine you can have and still get to sleep at night. But if you're looking back that, oh, I had that cup of coffee at three o'clock and now I'm wide awake when I'm trying to go to bed, then maybe three o'clock is too late for you. Yeah, because I definitely, for me, Mm -hmm. I cannot have a cup of coffee at like seven or eight o'clock at night. And that's most people. Mm -hmm. So for you, Mm -hmm. you would need to decide, you know, with a cutoff for you having coffee. Or the decaf option. Or the decaf (laughs) option, yeah. Yeah. I always wondered when I was a little Mm -hmm. kid, why? my mom would always say oh I'm gonna take decaf if we'd be at an event oh, or okay. something like that you didn't thought, put it together I didn't put sleep. it together mm-hmm. and then I realized oh that totally makes sense <laughs> once I started drinking mm-hmm. coffee I was like that makes sense because she doesn't want to be yeah. wired all night it you know? just goes back to that individual sleep plan right. essentially you know right. what what are your needs going to be yeah. yeah so just basically having good simple goals mm-hmm. for what your lifestyle is like yep Getting some exercise, trying to get up at the same time every day, which is a hard one, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, trying to be aware of caffeine intake. Some people can pull off a nap in the middle of the day if that oh. works for them, you know, depending on their work situation or what they're doing during the day. Sure. It's not recommended to take a long nap, but if after lunch you can pull off a 15 to 20 minute nap, that may really enhance your overall daytime wakefulness and still not interfere with going to sleep. Wow. So for those of you that are working from home right now, <laughs> I know. that will be an advantage for you. Yeah, you could try that out rather than the coffee. That would be a right. coffee alternative. Okay. Mm-hmm. The natural mm-hmm. energy booster. Yeah, exactly. That totally is way better. <laughs> well, that's really good. Any other advice that you would give our mm-hmm. listeners? Well, I think I can think of one more thing and there are probably more. One thing that sometimes people do when they're frustrated about their sleep is they spend more time in bed trying to, you know, trying to get that sleep. And that's not necessarily a good strategy. You want to like, you know, get that pre-bed routine down. And when you then get into bed, you know, maybe you're going to read for a little bit before Mm -hmm. you try to go to sleep, but you don't want to spend 15 hours in bed trying to get the eight hours of sleep, for example. Right. So we want 
where we recommend thinking about your bedroom, especially your bed, for sleep and intimacy. Mm. Not for TV watching, you know, not for <laughs> scrolling, not for um, catching up on Netflix or whatever. Sure. But sure. those two things, if you can reserve your bed for that, that's that's a really strong recommendation from the sleep experts. Okay. It's all really good information. It sounds like, at least for me, I'm thinking about myself. I'm like, oh gosh, I got a lot of work cut out for me. <laughs> well, only if you have trouble with sleep. If you're someone True. that falls into bed and goes to sleep, not a problem for yeah, you. Yeah. These recommendations are for people who have either short-term or long-term insomnia. Right. And if you have that long-term insomnia, I really recommend getting to a provider because mm-hmm. there may mm-hmm. be a physiological reason that is preventing you from getting good sleep and we yeah. that can be addressed. No, it's true. It's true. But I think in general for those just having good practices, Mm -hmm. just like with the other topics we talk about, like Mm -hmm. Mm self-care, exercise, you know, that have been brought up in several different podcasts, I think overall is so important. Mm -hmm. And it helps us stay stay on our the right track, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to take care of our health and Mm -hmm. our wellness and keeping in mind, you know, all those pieces come together. Yes, they do. (laughs) And you know, there are things that you probably were told at some point in your life by a parent or someone just get a good night's sleep. And, and it really is true. Yes, yes. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing with us these points. And I hope that all those that are listening also get a little bit of inspiration and encouragement too, mm-hmm. you know, and in, in knowing that there are ways to better our sleep and better our wellness. Yes, so. we hope to prevent sleep loss in Seattle. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. And thank you to everyone listening. And stay tuned for our next episode. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you liked this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.